Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon Series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like he loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it. Well, let's... uh continue in our series that we've been in over the past several weeks. And if you haven't been a part of that, man, the, we're, you're not, you're not going to, you don't need to catch up. You don't need to like quickly download where we've been over the past little bit. We've been talking about the language of Christmas and how the language of Christmas is love. That, that what God did in Christmas was display his love for us. And one of the greatest ways that he did this is through a gift, a gift that he gave to us. It says in John 3.16, one of those passages that many of us maybe know just by, by being around, like you've seen it at football games. If you watch a Sports Center or Saturday mornings, my, my son and I, we, uh, my oldest son, he wakes up everybody so that we can all enjoy this together. I think our other kids really love it. They, they're, they're super excited during football season uh, to watch uh, college game day. And every college game day, there's somebody that has a sign that says John 3.16. And John 3.16 says this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That the greatest, one of the greatest displays of love, the language of Christmas was this gift that God gave to his people. That he gave us his one and only son. If you think about gifts, I think about gifts a lot. I like gifts. I think everybody, we'll go ahead and vote on this. Does everybody like getting gifts? Right, everybody, everybody does. There's a couple of you that are maybe bah humbug, but you know, even if even if you are Scrooge, you still like getting gifts. You may just you may just not smile about it. I know in, inwardly you still like it, and most of us can remember right receiving gifts or, or those meaningful gifts that we've received or given to somebody. You can remember some of those moments where you've given something that was really great or you received something that was really great. Maybe you can remember they're more, they're more memorable than meaningful. Have you heard some of those? They're not something that are meaningful necessarily, but you remember giving that or getting it. There's in my family, there's a blue chicken uh, that, that runs around as a, as a conversation my dad gave to my mom, a blue glass candy bowl, I think it was. And uh, it was one of those that she opened. It was like, oh. A blue chicken. And it's like the marker for our family of a bad gift. Like it's, I, if I just exceed blue chicken gift, that's great. And, 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 but I also, like in my personal experience over the past two years, I've given my wife power tools for Christmas. And y'all, y'all are like, oh, she's got so much to do to help you out. But really, that's what she wanted. But I, in those moments, I was like, I'm giving my wife a table saw for Christmas. How can that work out for me? And, but she did love it, you know. And personally, one of, those, one of those gifts that I remember, I think we have a picture of this one. It's this flight jacket. My uncle was in the Navy. Uh, he was a pilot in the Navy. He gave me this flight jacket. I really showed you this so that I could prove that I did at one time have hair. That's, uh, the blue chicken is not in that picture though. Uh, so I, I wish I could have gotten a picture of that. But that, that jacket, I remember, I wish I still had it. It was way too big for me. I probably could still wear it now. Uh, but I, that, that jacket is one of those that I really, I mean, it's a memorable gift, 
right? It's one of those that I think back on and, and having that picture is, 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 is something that I treasure. And today it's really kind of too late for you to find that perfect gift. So maybe if you're going out this afternoon, the gift that you give is going to be more memorable than it is meaningful. But I have a couple of things that this year were top gifts that I want to share with you. The first one, one of the top gifts was a hand warmer. And this is really great for us right now. That, that looks like it's more like a, uh, it's going to shock you. But I think that that's, it was supposed to be for warming hands. This one is a mini pocket projector. And what it says is that this would be great for the tweens. Because all tweens need to be able to project themselves on just about any place that they can so that they can see themselves in big eyes. I think that that's probably, and if you spend that much money so that your kid can project themselves, that's lame. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this is a car cleaning gel. Uh, it's $9 on Amazon, $15. That we used to call slime. And if you buy that for $15, there's some other things that I want to sell you for exorbitant prices that, um, that are really not as great as they come off. This one is uh, a single-use camera. And this says it's a genius way to impress your teens who all have a digital camera in their back pocket that's connected to their phone. I don't, I don't, I don't know who made this list, uh, but it was not great. And I'm probably not going to share it with the next crew because y'all didn't laugh nearly as much as I thought you were going to laugh. But you think about gifts, and I love the, the jolly old fellow who brings them, and it, it dominates our culture right now during the Christmas season. But you think about giving and receiving gifts didn't start with a jolly old fella with rosy cheeks and a bowl and a, a belly that shakes like a bowl full of jelly, right? It didn't start there. It goes way back beyond that to the very beginnings and the meanings of Christmas. You think about giving gifts and you go all the way back to the, 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 Chris, the scene in the, in, in the Bible when the Magi bring, and it was a couple years later, more than likely it wasn't, they weren't at the nativity just for, you know, timeline's sake. You know, I just want to make sure that nobody comes and tells me that later. I, I, know, I know when it happened. When the wise men bring those gifts of frankincense and gold and myrrh to Mary and Joseph and Jesus, it's kind of the traditional moment where it goes back to this idea of giving gifts at this Christmas season. But it really goes back even farther than that. It goes back to that moment, like we said, when all of that gift giving, when gifts began, when God gave the perfect gift, his only son to humanity. And one of my favorite books in the world, not favorite children's books, but one of my favorite books in the world is the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. And uh, she writes it this way. This is kind of a, uh, from the nativity in Luke chapter 1 and 2 where it says this, that everything was ready. The moment that God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he had promised from the very beginning. But how would he come? What would it look like? What would he do? See, the mountains would have bowed down, the seas would have roared, the trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as the snow falling, he came in. And when no one is looking, when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. You see, there was this young girl who was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. You know, the guy who, with the stone who killed Goliath. And one morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. 
He was Gabriel and he was one of the angels, a special messenger from heaven. And when she saw this tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be frightened, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. And Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking about somebody else. But Mary, Gabriel said with a laugh, with such gladness that brought tears to Mary's eyes. Mary, you are going to have a baby, a little boy, and you will call him Jesus. He's going to be God's own son. He's the one, he's the rescuer, the God who flung the planets into space and keeps them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all was making himself small and he was coming down as a baby. Wait, God was gonna send a baby to rescue the world? But it was too wonderful, Mary said, and as she felt her heart beating fast. How, how could this be true? And Gabriel responded, is there anything that's too wonderful for God? And so Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see or her mind could understand. And she believed and she said, I am God's servant. Whatever God says, I will do. And sure enough, just as the angel had said, nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. And now Mary and Joseph were taking a trip to a town called Bethlehem. It was King David's town. But when they reached the little town, they found that there was no room for them, that every room and every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeeper told them. There isn't any place for you. Where do we stay? Soon Mary will have the baby and we have no place to stay. And they, could find, they couldn't find anywhere except this old tumble down stable. And so they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in a stable among the chickens and the donkeys and the cows and the horses in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his most wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born. His baby son, Mary wrapped him and some clothes to keep him warm. And they made a soft bed with a straw used to, and used the animal trough that where they fed the animals as a cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, which is Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because of course he had. You know, there's, three things that I would say are the reasons why this gift of a child is the greatest gift the world has ever known. And the first one is this, that, that Jesus is the light, that he is the great, he's the gift of light. It says in scripture, in Isaiah, it says the people who walked in darkness, this is a prophecy about when Jesus would come, that the people who were walking in darkness had seen a great light and those that, land, that lived in the land of deep darkness, that a light had dawned. In John, in John 1, chap, John chapter 1, verse 5, it says the light shined in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And when Jesus spoke again to his people in John chapter 8, it's, he said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me, he will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. 
You see, Jesus says over and over again that he is the light. He's the one who came to break into the darkness. He's the light that broke into our darkness. So he's the first, the first part of the reason why he's the greatest and most wonderful gift is because he broke into the darkness as the light. The second reason is that he is the gift of life. Again, going back to scripture, this is what it says in the passage we've read already from this morning, John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave it that whoever believes in him should have eternal life, should not perish, but would have eternal life. John 10, 10, Jesus says that the thief, talking about the enemy, the devil, it says that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. In Acts 17, it said the, the, the writer says that for in him we live and move and have our being, that he is the life. Have you ever had, a, had somebody give you a gift that you, uh, that you really didn't want or that you already had or you really didn't need? It's one of those moments that are memorable in my life that I, my, my grandparents gave me a gift and it was my sister and I both got the same gift. And I'm sure that my grandfather got this like off of QVC, like in the early days of QVC. Like it was some bowls that had like letters around them. And it was like the three squad. And I was like, I was like nine. I was like, I don't need this baby stuff. And then I got sent to my room and I was like, I, I like baby stuff. All of a sudden, I, if I come back into the living room where everybody's at and eat lunch, but it, it's, it, sometimes it's hard when somebody gives you something that you don't really want or you think you don't need or, or maybe that you feel like you already have. It, it's tough to put a smile on your face and accept that and receive it and be joyful about it. But, but when we're talking about Jesus being the light and the life, the reality is that unless we slow down and really think about what Scripture says, we might miss this and not realize that we are the ones that needed this life and this light that broke into the darkness. We might miss the reality that we, as, as a significant, the significant reality that we were, what we were living in, that we are those that were living in darkness, that we were stumbling around in the darkness, that we were those that did not have life, that according to Romans chapter 3, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. And the results of sin, what happens because of sin, is that we're all dead in our trespasses and sin. That Ephesians 2 says, for we were all dead in our transgressions and sins. That all of us, no matter who you are, where you came from, no matter what your heritage is, if you, if you came from, from Columbia or you're from another place in the United States or another place in the world, if you grew up in a family that had everything or a family that didn't have anything at all, if you grew up in a family that had a mom and dad or didn't have all of those things, all of us are in the same place. We're in darkness and we're lifeless because of sin. And that's what makes this gift, this gift that we've been given so great is because it's the gift of grace. The last, not only life and not only light, but it's the gift of grace. Ephesians 2, just after it reminds us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that we're those people who were stumbling, stumbling around in the darkness, it says this, that for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It's the gift of God that not by works so that no one can boast. And listen, I don't know where you are today in this story. Maybe for you, this, 
the Christmas time has just become routine. Like it's just a part of the year, right? It's marked by lots of activity and it happens uh, it, with all the songs that we sing. You've become familiar with the traditions of Christmas and you've forgotten the true gift that Christmas reminds us of. Maybe it's the craziness and maybe it's not just the, that it's become routine, but maybe in the craziness and the chaos of the world in general and the Christmas season specifically, that, that really it's crowded out even the last little remnant of the reminders of what Christ has done at Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas. For you, and I can, I can imagine that there's a handful of us in this room that for, for us that there's too many memories maybe of somebody that we lost that was dear to us, relationships maybe that have been broken, the sorrow and the suffering that maybe you've experienced over the past year, over the past number of years, that it's just all too much. And it's keeping you from experiencing the joy and the hope and the peace this Christmas. Maybe your story is that you really have very little maybe even no real connection to the story of Christmas and the true meaning of what Christmas is. And that's fine. What my prayer is that this, this evening is that the light of Christ would come on in your heart. And that maybe in the hearing of this great gift of life and, and light and grace that comes through Jesus, that, that light would come on and you would understand that you are in need of that relationship with him. There's another group of people that I think are probably here, and it's the one that's most terrifying to me. It's the ones that, that culturally, Christmas is a cultural experience for you, and, and, and you've been around it so much, and you give a nod to baby Jesus in the manger, and you're like, he's cool. And, and, but in your life, you feel like you're good. That this child that was given by, by God who loves us to save us from our sins, that, that that's all well and good, that it's, that's a thing that happens, but you're good because you think that you, never, you don't really need that life and that light. That you've never come to the place where you realize that it's slowing down, that you are those that are in darkness, that you are those that don't have life, and that it's only by grace. Not, there's not a chance, not on your best efforts, not on your best day that you would overcome the issues that, that, are of, that surround you because of your own sin. And, and I hope that this today that you would recognize that this child that was born, this child that we celebrate, that we sing songs about, that is the reason why we gather on this day before Christmas to celebrate was a gift to you, a gift of love to rescue you out of that darkness to rescue you and bring you into the light, to rescue you out of that lifelessness and give you life. And it was all by grace. It had nothing to do with you. And again, even on your best day, you couldn't rescue yourself. And so this, today, even as we, as we gather, one of those reminders is that Jesus has come and he's the light of the world and the life that brings light and it was all by grace, is that, is that moment where we sing this song together. And I, what I pray this, this morning or this afternoon, I invite the band to come back up. What I pray this afternoon happens for us is that this would not just be a song, but maybe just a reminder and a rehearsal. But for maybe for some of you, as, as, as we, there's nothing magical about this moment other than it's a time that we sing about the life and the light of Jesus that's come into the world and it's a reminder that he came to bring light into our darkness. That he came to, to, to usher a light in, into, a darkness, into a dark world that, 
that he had promised he would, he would send years and years before, were prophesied throughout Scripture. And so we hold this, this moment as, as one of those precious moments in our, in our gatherings on Christmas Eve, but it's nothing magical about it, but it can be a reminder. And so I pray that for some of us, it is that reminder, that rehearsal of what Christ has done. And for others, maybe because you came in here because you had to come or whatever, because somebody told you you needed to be here. And I'm glad that you're here. But maybe today this would be a reminder or an awakening of just what Jesus has done as he came into our darkness to bring light, as he came into death to bring life. And it was all by the gift of grace. So as we sing this, this just song traditionally as the candle lighting song, I just pray that it would be a moment for all of us to be reminded of what Christ has done for us and in us. And we pray that it would be a reminder of what he does through us as we carry that light into the world. Let me pray for us and then we'll sing together. Jesus, we thank you for the light that came into our darkness. And as you said, your words, that the darkness could not overcome it. God, your light overcomes all darkness. No matter how deep that darkness is, God, you overcome that darkness by your grace. And so, Father, I pray that you would turn the lights on in our hearts, that you would remind us of this incredible gift of light and life and grace that you've bestowed on us as you sent your son. And may these songs that we sing in this time as we gather be a reminder of all the incredible things that you've done for us and in us and what we pray that you would do through us. It's in Christ's strong and mighty name that we pray. Amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, Merry Christmas.